If you have, have your Bibles, turn to Psalms chapter 130. And I'm going to, it's kind of interesting, the series I started a, a couple months ago, and it started out as just desire. And so we did about four messages talking about our desire after God, our desire for his presence, our pursuit after him. And then it started, and I thought it was just going to be one message and, and talking about the word, desiring his word. Do you desire his word? Peter tells us to desire the sincere milk of the word that we might grow. In this series, we talked about being a disciple. We talked about what a disciple looks like. And the purpose of a disciple is to be just like our teacher, which is Jesus. Last week, we talked about hearing and doing, that we are doers of the word. Because it's when we're doers of the word... Isaiah says that our, he goes, oh, if you would just hearken to my word, your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness would have been like the waves of the sea. And so I want to close out this and, and then we'll get into another section of desire, I believe, the next time I minister. But I want to talk about revelation, not the book of revelation, but revelation. Actually, if you go back to, hold your place in Psalms 130, but go to Psalms 119. Don't want to get ahead of myself. Desire the word. Verse 49, Psalmist is writing here. And he says, remember the word to your servant. Remember the word. Remember the word to your servant. Upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction. For your word has given me life. What is the psalmist saying here? He's saying, he's telling God, God, remember your word because it's in your word I have hope. God, remember your word because in the midst of my, my affliction, in the midst of my affliction, the only thing that steadies me is the word, is the word. And we could, we could call the word the law. We could call it a command. We could call it a precept. But we could also call a word his promise because anything that has come out of his mouth is a promise directed towards me, something that is for me. That's what this, the word of God is the will of God. You can't separate God's will from his word. People say, oh, well, I just want to know the will of God for my life. You have 66 books of his will for your life. And I'm, I'm, I'm just desiring for you to have such a hunger for this. That this is the first thing that you pursue when situations happen. This is the first thing you pursue. It's something that's on your thoughts throughout the day. It's something that you cause to be a priority in your life. Because the psalmist said, look, it's in this word that comforts me in the midst of my affliction. When everything is going wrong, it's the word that I go to. It's the word that I run to. Let's go to Psalms 130. Psalms 130, verse 5. It says, I wait for the Lord. I mean, I wait. That means if you're waiting for something, it's not like, it's more with an expectancy. When it says, I wait, it's not just saying, I sure wish this would happen. This is never going to happen. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. We all hate to wait, right? In the natural, we, you know, no one likes waiting, right? You don't like waiting in traffic. You don't like waiting at a, at a doctor's office. You don't want to wait. 
But this is a different kind, type, kind of waiting. He said, he's saying, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. This is a, a waiting that is just, is kind of like out on the edge of your seat with such an expectancy that something is about to happen and something is about to change. It, hey, yeah, I'm going through this situation right now. I'm going through, yeah, I just had a disappointment, but you know what? I'm waiting upon the Lord. My soul is waiting. I'm waiting upon the Lord. I have such an expectancy on the inside of me. This is desire. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. Now it says this. And in his word, do I hope? Meaning I'm not just waiting, just passing the time. No, I'm waiting with something that's tangible. I'm waiting with some, something that has substance. I'm waiting with something that has, that, that, that has produced something on the inside of me that will cause me not to give up in difficult times. There's something that is not causing me to be shaken in, an, in, in, in shaken times. Dr. Savell preached a message about faith uh, one time, and, he, and it says this, I have unshakable faith because of an unchangeable God. But see, that's just, it's the word that I'm hoping in. That wor- the word is what's steadying me. My soul waits for the Lord. It says, in his word do I hope. I mean, you're not, hope- you're not waiting without anything. You're waiting with something of substance. Verse 6 says, my soul waits for the Lord. It says it again. Then he says, more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more. Yes, more. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. And what is the watchman? What would they do? Anybody have a midnight shift? I remember I had to, I had to work two jobs because I had um, gotten in trouble. <laughs> I won't tell you how I got in trouble, but I had to work two jobs because I had to pay for this because my current job couldn't uh, couldn't uh, provide what I needed to make up for this extra expense that I was fined by the state of Maryland. Mom, I'll tell you later. Uh, <laughs> and so I had, I had to get a second job. So I, I worked at the liquor store during the day. That's a whole other story. And I got off at, I got off at six. So, but four days a week, I would, uh, I would uh, get off at six in the evening from the liquor store. And I'd go home and, and sleep for uh, three and a half hours because I had to be in by 10 a.m. And then I worked till 7 a.m. I was a watchman waiting for the morning. I was, I was, wait, I was a watchman. I, was, I, I couldn't wait until I could see the sunrise. I, I was waiting for light to come. I was waiting for the, the new day to dawn. I was waiting for that new day to come. Why? Because I wanted to go rest. I wanted to go sleep before I had another four hours of sleep to go work at my other job to then go sleep for four hours to go work at another job. I was a watchman waiting for the morning. This is also speaks of watchmen. They're out on a, out on the side of, of, of walls and they're looking for the, they're looking out to see if the enemy's coming or not. 
And they're waiting while everyone else is sleeping. Everyone else is in bed. They're out there looking on the edge uh, of these uh, of the walls and they're looking out and they're waiting for morning to know that they made it through another day where the enemy did not defeat them. I want you to know that if you don't have hope today, I, I want to encourage you. What you need is to put your faith in the word of God, because it's only in the word of God you will have comfort. It's only, comfort. It's only in the word of God that it will cause you to be stable in the midst of times that are unstable. Let's go to Ephesians chapter two, 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I sense in my heart there's been just discouragement that has tried to come against some of you. There's some things that you've come to a place where you're unsure about some things and you're not steady in the things that you should be steady in. Hallelujah. The things that will get you over every time is the Word and the Holy Ghost. I encourage you if, you, if you have your spirit language, or you have the ability to pray in your heavenly language, I want to encourage you to do it as often as you can. Why? Isaiah 28 says that, that with a stammering lips and another tongue, He will give my people rest. The Word. The Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit working together. Let's look at this in Isaiah 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren. Sometimes, you know, you save the best for last. There's, there's a lot of great things throughout the book of Ephesians. But Paul saves this last part of the end of his letter to Ephesus. And he says, finally... Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be strong. I'm going to come down there. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Not being strong in yourself. Some of you, you've been strong in yourself far too long. He says, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Tap into his might. Tap into his might in everything you do. Tap into to what God can do. Not necessarily so focused on what you did yesterday or what you might be able to do. And all of a sudden you come to a place. Well, well I only, I'll, I'll give God the tough things. No, give God everything. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. I need his might. How about you? I need his might to, to, to be the best pastor I can be. I need his might to be the best father I can be. I need his might in every situation, in everything. In the power of his might. He says, put on the whole armor of God. So immediately, how, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So how am I going to tap into his might and how am I going to be strong in the Lord? By putting on the whole armor of God. Now, I wish I had time this morning to go through and do an exhaustive teaching on, on the whole armor of God. We've done that here on Wednesday nights. But, 
But this morning, there's something that the Holy Spirit wants deposited in us as it pertains to the word. Because he's wanting to place a desire on the inside of them to do something that they aren't doing. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on. Meaning, if you're going to be strong in the Lord and you're going to operate in his might, you've got to put on something. Paul say, I mean, Paul's saying here, this is something that's your responsibility. Tell your neighbor, this is your responsibility. Tell the other person, it's not your pastor's responsibility. Put on the whole armor of God. Now, all of a sudden, he te- then he goes into this segment of why. Why do we need to put on this whole armor? Why is because so we can be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. But what's the other why? It tells us that you may be able to stand against. The word against here means it's the word pros and it means a face to face encounter. He's saying here, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the face-to-face encounters that you're going to have with the enemy. As a church and as believers in the last days, there are going to be some face-to-face encounters that you're going to have with the enemy. The question is, are you putting on the whole armor of God? That you may be able to stand against all the wiles, the schemes of the devil. And it says, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Your husband's not the issue. Your wife isn't the issue. Stop there. I'm getting. But against principalities, face to face against principalities, it's face to face against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So he tells us. To put, he tells us to be strong. He tells us, how are we going to be strong? Putting a whole, a whole armor. Why do we put on the whole armor? So we can stand against the enemy. Then he goes back and he makes the statement again. Therefore. So because you're having these face-to-face encounters with the enemy, because of that, take up the whole armor of God. I mean... Thank you, Lord. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having done all to stand, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. The King James uses a phrase, take unto you the whole armor of God. Take unto you. I mean, it it goes back to you're going to have to do something. This word taken to you in the original language in in the Greek and how this is translated is is anilabeta. It's three different Greek words that make up one word. And what it means is do it like you used to do it. So this wasn't a first time. This wasn't something that he was giving them new information. He was telling them, Anna Labetta. He's telling me, he's saying, hey, you used to put on your armor. 
But right now, you don't have any armor on. So put on your armor like you used to put on your armor. Stop going around naked and trying to fight the enemy. Stop, stop trying to do things in your own ability or your own strength. You, that was the, 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 the wicked uh, demonic spirits that came against those in the book of Acts. And, and they, he said, you know, I cast you out and in whom, whom uh, Paul preaches. And they say, well, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? And what happened? They, it said the enemy took off their clothes, ripped their clothes off to them, and they ran down the street naked. Why? Because they didn't know. They didn't have the, the, the weapons that they needed to persevere and stand in the midst of difficulties. So here he says, take unto you the whole armor of God that you can withstand. This is a church full of people that are standing. Against any and every attack of the enemy. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. So here, what is the first thing he tells them? Girt your loins with truth. The word girt means to to hold it tight. It means to fasten with a belt. We, you have to, meaning you have to fasten this around you. You have to keep this close to you. This isn't something where you don't have a belt on and you're trying to run from, you're trying to run from the enemy and you're like this, trying to keep your pants up. No, girt with truth. Girt with truth. No, I'm, I'm, I'm girded with truth, meaning I'm prepared. Meaning there, there, I've prepared some things. I, I, I've made some things a priority in my life. So girt your loins with truth. And this is referring to, um, in the Greeks, their understanding of this, your loins of truth. And why Paul was writing this was because this is the way where your power relies, lies. And it's also where you produce fruit. So it's about your fruitfulness. So, so Paul's saying, girt your loins with truth so you can be fruitful. Girt your loins with truth so you can understand creative power and creative ability. Now, I'm not going to go through every piece of armor here, but I, w- I want to establish this because we're girding ourselves with truth. See, this... Truth he's referring to is the word of God. I'm to girt my loins with truth. Paul's saying, take, take up the word like you used to take up the word and fasten the word around you and let it be truth. Now, it's interesting. You go through and you read the rest of it. He goes, and let your feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Taking you to the, uh, the, the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. Rick Renner did an amazing teaching on this. And, and, and if you go back and you research a centurion's, the garb and the armor that they'd wear. Everything that they would wear was connected to the belt. They weren't separate pieces, but they all connected Together, you see, if you don't know the word, you'll never know your, your, the gospel of peace. If you don't know the word, you will not know you're righteous. 
If you don't know the word, you'll not understand and walk in the fullness of your salvation. If you don't know the word of God, you will not be able to lift up a shield of faith and to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, every single one of those weapons... Every single piece of armor, and all of them have an aspect of defense, and all of them have an aspect of offense. But if you don't have the belt of truth around you, then the thing is, is you'll always, you won't understand the rest of your armor. You won't understand the rest of your armor. So that's why we need to desire this word. And that's why Paul is saying, hey, in the evil day, when you have distress coming, when you have circumstances coming, when you have temptations coming, when the enemy is coming at your mind, the enemy is coming at you, whether it's finances, whether it's something, lust or uh, money, whether it's uh, lying or whatever, whatever the case is, the, 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 if you have the word, then what happens is it causes you to be able to keep all your other armor in place. Now let's go to verse 17. Verse 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Then it says, which is? What? Now wait a minute. I thought the belt of truth was the word of God. It is. You see, this, this word, word, here, there's two different words in the Bible for word. Most of you know this. The first one is logos, and it means the written word. But then the other word is rhema. And this particular word that's used here in Ephesians chapter 6 is not logos, but it's rhema. What is rhema? Rhema is a specific word spoken at a specific time for a specific purpose. Rhema is the spoken word. Rhema is the revealed word. And it is the sword of the spirit. You see, the sword would go in connected to the belt. You will not gain rhema apart from the logos. There's a lot of people walking around saying they have rhema, but the question is, did it come out of the logos? And so, so the, the, the sword of the spirit... See, in this type of sword that was used, that Paul uses the name of this sword, is a sword that could, it had a hook on the end, and when it went in and you turned it, it would shred their insides. So this sword of the Spirit is something to shred your enemy. See, Rhema. A specific word at a specific time for a specific purpose. It's something that's revealed to you out of the word of God by the Holy Spirit. I remember the first time reading the word 
and I, and I received Rhema. I remember sitting down, and that's, a couple weeks ago I talked about how getting to the Word where, when I didn't understand it because I couldn't read that well, and I would sit down and look at the Word, and I had to ask the Lord, help me. Lord, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me with the Word. And, I, and I, as I would do that, and, but then I remember reading, and all of a sudden I was going through a situation. And, and all of a sudden as I'm reading, all of a sudden I hear something a still small voice that took that and it dealt with the situation I was facing. Rhema. The spoken word. You know, the rhema can come while I'm preaching right now. I like to call it the message inside the message. Where I'm preaching one thing, but at the same time, in here, the Holy Spirit is taking something and revealing something to you by the message. That's why you can, that's why the word of God is inexhaustible and you could have 400 people sitting in here listening to a message and, and you have 30 of them receive something totally different. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was speaking while the word, while the logos was going forward. For right where, what you need and right what you need and right what you need, right, right, right where you need it, just in the time that you need it. But if you are not in the logos, more than likely you won't receive rhema. If you're not listening to the word, more than likely you're not going to hear rhema because it comes out of it and it will defeat your enemy. Go to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. Thank you, Father. You're receiving something this morning. Just you're getting, you're getting stronger. <laughs> We're getting stronger. Your desire for the word is becoming greater. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 1 says, My son, if you receive my words and you treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and you apply your heart to understanding... Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, that's a desire, right? If you cry out for it, right? If you treasure it. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and you lift up your voice for understanding. My my question is, do you desire revelation? Do you desire rhema? Do you desire to know the logos and, and to be able to hear rhema? Do you desire that? See, that's what the, 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 the Solomon is saying here. He goes, incline your word to it, ear to it. Let your voice be heard. Cry after it. Lord, I need wisdom in my life. I need direction in my life. I need discernment in my life. Do you? Are you crying out for it? Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding Verse 4, love this. If you seek her as silver and you search for her as for a hidden treasure. Wow. That you're going to seek this wisdom like it's a hidden treasure, like it's silver, Dolores. That, this is all about making the word a priority. May, you know, uh, girding your, your loins with truth. 
if you seek her for silver and search for her for a hidden treasure, then, then, meaning if I do these things, then something happens. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Wow, so if I'm seeking wisdom and I'm crying out for wisdom, it says I'm going to find the knowledge of God. Wow. I know this is basic this morning. Hmm. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Now look at verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom. Now listen, for the upright. For. It doesn't say, some translation says he, he, it says he hides sound wisdom for the upright. It says he hides it for them. God's not hiding anything from us. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. I don't know what you're dealing with today, but I want you to know there's some wisdom stored up for you. There's, there's some revelation that will come forth if you, if you pursue the word and you pursue him and he becomes your desire. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is the shield to those who walk rightly. He guards the path of, the just, of, of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then, notice this, then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. Now, let's keep reading. Now, listen to this. Now, I don't have a time to, to break down each segment here, but there's three things because this is wisdom that's coming from his mouth. So, what's rhema? It's the spoken word. It's what God's revealing. It's revelation that comes from the word of God by the Holy Spirit. Verse 10. When wisdom enters your heart, now listen to this, and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Meaning, preserve. That's standing against the enemy. When I've got, God has spoken his word to me. He's given me wisdom. Now, I I have wisdom and knowledge and understanding that's going to preserve me. Look at verse 12. So what is this wisdom that's coming of God? This we'll use rhema for, verse 12, to deliver you from the way of evil. This wisdom that comes from God's mouth, Eric, is to deliver me from evil. Having done all to stand, stand therefore with the, the belt of truth and taking the sword of the Spirit. You see, in this chapter, we're seeing truth in revelation. We're seeing the wisdom that's already there and we're seeing the wisdom that comes from God's mouth. And there's three things in this chapter. Number one is it delivers you from the way of evil. The next one we'll see, and I'm going to go in each, each, each of those other verses, but verse 16 tells us the next thing it does. It delivers you from the immoral woman. It delivers you from the immoral woman. It goes on and, and we'll say other things that talking about people that you keep covenant with that don't have a covenant with God. 
Now, those are the two things that this wisdom that comes from God's mouth does. It keeps me from the evil way, and it keeps me from giving into temptation. And temptation can come. A lot of times when we think of temptation, we think immediately someone, I think mine goes, thinks of lust. What about the temptation to be angry? What about the temptation to hate? What about the temptation to steal? The temptation to lie? What about, what about all these other temptations that I could put a label on, but you understand that when I have the word of God and I gain, gain revelation from God, what he's giving me to withstand the enemy is to be able to be free from the way of evil and also to be delivered from temptation. Hallelujah. I wish I had another message to preach to you this morning, but I mean, this is what, what the Holy Ghost gave, all right? But now, now you might not have been too happy. You might not have been too happy with the first two. What, what Rhema does. It keeps me from evil, and it keeps me from temptation. See, what I needed in my life I needed a word. You see, if you try to cast down imaginations and don't replace it with anything else, you'll constantly operate in, I cast that down, I cast that down, I cast that down, I cast that down, I cast that down. No, we're renewed by the renewing of our mind. Corinthians says, casting down every thought and imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The thing is, is when I was battling temptations over things concerning my flesh as an early Christian, I was just saying, I cast that thought down. I cast that thought down. And finally, by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, revelation said, Justin, you're not doing the whole scripture. What do you mean? I was casting down thoughts. He said, casting down what? Thoughts and imaginations that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. He goes, Justin, how you defeat the enemy is not your ability to cast down thoughts, but it's your ability to know the knowledge of God. So finally, from that moment, I, I stood up and, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm pacing in my room and I, I cast down that thought. My knowledge of God is this. And then, then I went, my knowledge of God is this. My knowledge of God is this, that he redeemed me. My knowledge of God is this, that he's washed me whiter than snow. My knowledge of God is this, that he's filled me with the Holy Spirit. My knowledge of God is this, that he's given me grace for any and every situation. My knowledge of God is this, that I am, I am fully supplied, fully equipped. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So instead of doing these, these mental acrobats of what you don't want to do, all you need to just stand up and tell him what God is and what God has done. That is taking under you the whole armor of God. That is girding your loins with truth. And that is taking the revelation and rhema that you have about God and defeating the enemy with it.
If you just knew what was in your lap or in your phone. Wow. The third thing out of this chapter that this rhema, this revelation does, verse 20. It says, so you may walk in the way of goodness. Wow. Man, how you like this? You might not like the sound of the walk in the evil way or or not be given to the the immoral woman or the temptation, but what about that? What does Rhema do? do it so you can walk in the way of goodness. So you can walk in the way of goodness. God will give gives you his word and gives you revelation so you can walk in the way of his goodness. And keep to the paths of righteousness. This is what Rhema does. This is what revelation does. Let me close with this. Go to Isaiah 33. I mean, I could use... Yeah, Lord. I mean, how did Jesus win every battle? With the what? How did Paul win every battle? Do you know just in the book of Romans alone that Paul referred to Old Testament scripture 60 times? In 1 Corinthians alone, there's 19 references to the Old Testament that he stood upon to be victorious. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, when Paul said, said, we had the very sentence of death in ourselves. But he goes on, he goes, but we trusted in the living God who raises the dead. What was he doing? He was meditating upon Jeremiah 17 verse 5. What was that? He was taking the revelation that he had gotten out of the word to defeat the enemy. What did Jesus do in the wilderness? The enemy came to him and said, turn these stones into bread. And, and what, is, what does Jesus do? He, he quotes the Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. He goes, he, he says, man does not live by bread alone, but what every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Jesus is saying, I live by revelation. I live by revelation of what God has spoken. The other two temptations, he, he, they come against him about falling down from the temple and, and the one to bow down and worship him. What does he use? Deuteronomy chapter 13. And he uses Deuteronomy, cha- uh, verse, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13, and Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. You see, it was the written word that God revealed to Jesus that he caused him to be victorious in the wilderness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let me close with this. Verse 5. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Verse 6. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of our times. So what is the right here saying? What's going to stable you? Wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge is going to be the stability of our times. 
Then it says this, in the strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of our times and the strength of salvation. So what is wisdom and knowledge going to do? Number one, the stability of our times. The second thing, and the strength of salvation. A couple Wednesdays ago when Annette and I were ministering, and I just felt directed to bring it up here this morning, is this verse, and the strength of salvation. I think when I had Vic come up and I actually read out of the lexicon of what this phrase salvation means. I get this. This word, this word salvation in this verse right here means a storehouse of victory. And the word strength here is the word abundance. So what does he say? The wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of our time, but also it's going to be the abundant storehouse of victory. The abundant storehouse of victory. So what does Revelation do? It's going to cause us to be stable in unstable times, but it also is going to be the abundant storehouse of victory. Yeah, right now you might have problems. Right now you might be going through circumstances. But I want you to know there's wisdom. There's revelation. And it's in that revelation you're going to find the abundant storehouse of victory. I declare that over you today. I declare as you get into the word of God. I declare as you as you pursue truth. As you pursue the logos. That the Holy Spirit will take that logos. And turn it into revelation. And as you gain that revelation. That you'll stand against the, the evil temptations. You'll stand against the evil way. And you will walk in the goodness. In the good path. You'll walk living the good life. That God prearranged for you to live. According to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. And you will have stability. And you will experience an abundant storehouse of victory. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Say, Father, I thank you for the abundant storehouse of victory. I thank you for the abundant storehouse of victory. I thank you for revelation for my situation. And it's going to bring about... The abundant storehouse of victory. Woo! Hallelujah. Can we praise him for a moment? Can we praise him for a moment? Hallelujah. Father, we praise you for the victory. We glorify you for the victory. I thank you that the enemy is under our feet. We declare sickness and disease is under our feet. We declare that that financial lack is under our feet because we pursue the word of God and we gain revelation for our situation. Hallelujah. Father, we declare that we are winning in life. We are winning in life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that you always cause us to triumph. Woo! You always cause us to triumph. You always cause us to triumph. Woo. Hallelujah. You always cause us to triumph. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just, just praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. Don't look at me. Just praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. Praise him. 
Ibroshele bokoshar rabatala boshor rebeya. Ibroshele bokoshar brandele bokosor rebeya. Abroshekle de bokor rebeya. Halabosor regede de booshe brena. If you have your heavenly language, this isn't a, a gift of the Spirit I'm operating right now, but pray in the Spirit because the Bible says that we build ourselves up. We build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be here today and you say, Pastor Justin, I just don't have any physical might. I'm weak in physically. Just come up here real quick. Come up here real quick. Hallelujah. Ushers, just be ready. Hallelujah. You have no physical strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He who has no might, he increases strength. He who has no might, he increases strength. He who has no might, he increases strength. That's revelation right there. That's rhema. He who has no strength, he increases might. Oh, hallelujah. He who has no might increases strength. He who has no might, he increases strength. Oh, Father, strengthen, strengthen. Hallelujah. Every organ in his body. Strengthen. Oh, he who has no might, he increases strength. Ooh, thank you, Father. Oh, Father, love on him. Thank you for the love of God ministering to him right now. Your love. Oh, hallelujah. Love will come in him and strengthen him and equip him for service. Hallelujah. Your days are not behind you, sir. Your days are before you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just, well, you know, just, you know, you kind of just wipe your hands like that. Just, you know, just, yeah, just whatever it is, just, it, it's, it's leaving. It's leaving right now. It's leaving right now. Hallelujah. Increasing his strength. Oh, thank you, Father. Increasing strength. Oh, Father, I thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. That he who has no might, he increases strength. Strengthen, strengthen these knees. Strengthen the hips. Strengthen all. Hallelujah. Burn, burn, burn on the inside of her. Hallelujah. Perfect that which concerns Miss Mary right now. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, Father, I thank you. The mind of the righteous is blessed. Oh, <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. Woo. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. I don't know what this means, but he says, quit it and, and I'll restore it. Oh, thank you, Father. Mm. Dennis, can you come here? Hallelujah. Can just want you to just hug him and just let the love of God 
Let the love of God minister. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, Jesus, we thank you that you're returning soon. I thank you that you're returning soon for a church without spot or wrinkle. Hallelujah. Father, you said in your word that I pray. Paul prayed in Thessalonians. He goes, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Spirit. Jesus, spirit, soul, and body. I pray your whole spirit, your whole soul, and whole body would be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. We don't have to leave this earth sick, broke in any way. Paul, pray. I pray your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Say, I receive that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for working in me. Working in me. Working in me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for working in me. Woo. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, I thank you for Joseph's father. Hallelujah. As a point of contact, he's standing in behalf of his dad. And I thank you for strength to invade him. Hallelujah. Strengthen him in every way. Let the love of God go into his room right now. And when Joseph prays over him and talks to him the next time, the first word that you give Joseph will be the word that will break it off of him. And it won't be hello. It won't be how you're doing. It's going to be a word and a rhema word that he quickens to you right then. And it's that specific word for a specific purpose for a specific time that's going to break it off of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Father, I just thank you. Just how much you love her. Lord, that you are the one that turns things around where it's like we just dreamed. Lord, just give her the peace that she needs. Thank you, Father, for your love that you have for her, Father. Hallelujah. We'll give him a shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 